Welcome to the Empath Rising Podcast, where we are healing from narcissistic abuse with human design, tarot, and astrology. I'm your host, Raven Scott. Make sure to share this podcast with a friend, spread the love, spread the light, and subscribe. Welcome back to Healing with Raven Scott with human design from narcissistic abuse. So today I was contemplating about creating it for you only based off of a conversation my husband and I were having yesterday. And he was thinking back on all the crazy times when we were first dating. I was all over the place. I had literally just exited my relationship from my ex-narcissist abusive partner, narcissistic abusive partner. I met him two weeks later and we dove deep into a love relationship, which is one of the things I'm going to share with you today. So I'm sharing you with you my stories that I'm sure will be relatable. And I'm also sharing with you the four behaviors that empaths or survivors of narcissistic abuse uh, do that look crazy to other people on the outside. And in hindsight, when you look back, <laughs> they Oh my God, we're laughing so much. I was crazy. I was all over the place. But I give myself grace and I laugh at myself only because I know it was a product of the crazy making that narcissistic abuse does to a human's psyche. So let's dive into this today. Number one, hypervigilance. Empaths after experiencing narcissistic abuse, then start to look for the red flags in everything and everybody, which I also did. And I did all the way up through maybe a year ago, and I've been out for 12 years. So it takes a long time. But I would say, wouldn't it be better to be vigilant about the red flags and live in peace versus being open and naive and not vigilant enough? I think the hypervigilance is a defense mechanism because I know for me, I did not want to experience that ever again. And I think it's wise to make sure that you have that filter up. As empaths, we're so absorbable, we're so impressionable and kind hearted. And we miss all of the, well, very cunning signs that a narcissist can do. So once you leave, of course, you become very hypervigilant. And I always advise people to try and have a balance and put people who feel a bit off to you on the outside circles. A lot of us have been going no contact and cutting a lot of people out, which I feel can go too far. But it's important to remember that you know best whom you need to reduce to spend time around. That's plain and simple. Use your inner authority. Use your use your inner authority and use your intuition to know if you need to cut ties with somebody. I would also note that running away physically from a narcissist isn't always the end-all cure-all from removing yourself from that energy. There can be energetic cords that are bonded to your spirit from their spirit that they've hooked into you. So you need to have an energy healer, I had my cords removed by Madhvi. She is the emotion code and body code. And she helped me remove those cords. I had no idea were there because they're invisible. 
And that really has been a huge weight lifted off of me. I don't have as many nightmares anymore connected directly to him. Uh, He used to always enter my dreams, even still 11 years later. It's that spirit, right? So take a good look and get that hygiene uh, cleared out and make sure that you are, of course, being vigilant. Hypervigilance just means that you may not, you know, like for me, I regret cutting ties with my family because I felt like they were just so narcissistic. But in the end, it's just kind of a clash of communication, um, maybe what they feel comfortable around, what they don't feel comfortable around. And so it's more of an emotional intelligence issue than a narcissistic issue. And we're just on different pages. We're on different chapters of our lives, and that's normal too. So I think hopefully this year and moving forward, we can be a little bit less labely of they're a narcissist. And I think people are switching to toxic, which kind of is the same thing. So it's like, just evaluate your own situation, evaluate, okay, I'm not going to completely cut this person out at the moment, but let's just take a huge step back and then kind of test the waters as you heal and as you grow. That's just what I've done. That's my advice. And I know everyone has their own timing in their journey. So be mindful of that as well. You may not be where I'm at and you're like, no way, Raven, I'm not going to do that. They are out of my life for good. I would just say, never say never. But for sure, my ex, whom I left, he is out of my life for good forever. And his family, which I thought would never happen, but that had to happen. So the next one is isolation. You self-isolate yourself in order to protect yourself. You've been hurt so much. You don't trust your instincts. You don't trust your intuition. You just don't trust anything because, yes, you have been acclimatized acclimatized, I don't know if that's the right word, but you have been conditioned in this narcissistic, stepping on eggshells, always people-pleasing culture that now that you're out in the world and you're interacting with other people, you don't trust them, you don't trust yourself, and you it's almost like when people have been kidnapped, like, and you go and try and touch them with a kind hand, and they recoil and they pull into themselves, that's how you are just not maybe as physically visible as that, but in your body and in your spirit and in your emotions, you're recoiling because you just don't trust. You just don't know what's safe. So much abuse, so much criticism and hurt and pain and guilt and shame have been pushed onto you, smothered in a smile or a loving, you know, doting, caring word, and then just blatant abuse. So you've got all this combined within you and you try and get out and have a relationship with someone else and you're like I I don't know how to do it let's just go back let's just hermit back and especially if you have a line two in your profile oh my gosh you're like hermit forever I'm never coming out of the cave but it's important to make new friends build new relationships and yeah to get back out into the world if you have a line four you also have closed off your heart for good It's important to open yourself back up, open your heart uh, to the right people using your vigilant red flag signs in order to find joy and find connection again. Because we as humans, we need connection with others. Ah, I wanted to feel love again because towards the end of that narcissistic relationship, once they know they have you, years and years can go by where you don't get a hug or a smile or 
you never get an affirmation of like, wow, you're so amazing. Like they never celebrate your wins. They don't show you warm love. It's just a cold ice palace with a narcissist. And so that's number point number four I'm going to skip to because these two cross over is you jump head over heels and you dive deep into a relationship, finding and seeking that love. So I did that. And we were saying yesterday, I am so lucky that I didn't dive into another narcissistic type relationship with some other a-hole because I was so open. I was naive. I was like, let's go have an adventure and live life. Like finally I'm free from the narcissist thinking that that was the only one and there's no more narcissists out in the world. And so I naively jumped into another relationship. I did have my wares about me saying like, before I did marry him, we dated for two years. Before I married him, I did speak to my therapist to evaluate if I was coming from a place of brokenness, wanting to marry him, or if it really truly was love, if he was healthy and we were healthy. So that I think is really important to consult a trauma-informed therapist about that. And also jumping back to point three, which is hilarious, is the boundaries. So at first I had no boundaries. I was just, let's go, let's do it. Let's go from zero to 100 in a week. We started dating right away. We talked on the phone, which is a red flag, right? I talked on the phone with him all night long, texting and then talking. And then he took me out on a date the next day. And he's just an all-in kind of guy at first, which definitely would be a red flag. But I had no boundaries. And I was like, like, let's do it. I'm all ready for love. I've moved on from this guy. It's been a cold, you know, intimacy was never there with my ex. And it's just been so cold and lonely for so long. I am ready to connect with someone. And so, yes, there was a lot of red flags to everyone else outside and even to myself in hindsight. If he had been narcissistic, I would have been in deep trouble all over again because I wasn't being hypervigilant, had no boundaries. And so then as we're, we kind of progressed into our dating, a year later, I realized after going to therapy that that was not the right decision to jump in so deep so fast. I'm like, is this going to be a healthy, long-lasting relationship or did I just do something bad? So then my zero boundaries went to too many boundaries and we had moved in together before I turned on all these boundaries. We were living together and, you know, being intimate with each other and playing house essentially and uh, even had a business together, like so much intertwining. And I was like, oh crap, too much intertwining. All of a sudden I realized like, this is not a healthy choice. So I stepped back, I moved out. I said, I've got to start fresh. I've got to start over again. Like I did this all wrong. So I moved out to my parents' house and he was reminding me because I forgot. And like, I didn't like living with my parents. So then I went to my aunt's house. And the crazy thing is I was like, well, after we even were living together, I was like, well, when you come to see me and we go on dates, you need to come and you need to pick me up and you need to, at the front door, you need to come in and socialize and talk with them. And he was like, this girl is crazy. We we're laughing. I was like, we literally were just living together. And now we have to do the whole formal song and dance thing. Like, I'm so confused. And he was so patient and he was not a narcissist at all about it. Was like, okay, <laughs> like, I understand she's had some abuse in the past. So I'm going to be patient with her. And he thought in his head, this is crazy, but obviously he loved me enough that he went along with my 
huge boundaried up like process. And then also I said, well, we're not going to have intimacy anymore until we get married. So this, <laughs> he's like, but we literally were just living together. Like, what is wrong with you? So I like put up all these boundaries and we're laughing about it. But he was very patient with me. He understood. And that was the fun process of my crazy boundaries. Boundaries are crazy. And then he's like, and then you wanted to continue to see our dogs that we had together. So I would go over and see the dogs. And then we would like, you know, cuddle and, you know, do stuff. And he was like, you were just so crazy. Like, just stop trying to do their thing. And here's the thing I wanted to point out about the human design. He said to me, you were like a chameleon. When you lived at your aunt's, you had all of these boundaries that, you know, they kind of told you and infused in you and were very like strict and religious. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. I understand. I definitely had those boundaries. Had I moved out to be all by myself, I don't think I would have had that many boundaries because I was like a chameleon. Who I lived with and whose agenda was around was what I like adopted. And this is the open will center. The open will center adopts the agenda uh, of the defined will center around you. And if you're a narcissist abuse survivor, you then have that on top of it, right? You have this like, I'm confused. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I feel so lost and confused. So then you rely on someone who appears to be healthier than you which is fine. We all have our process, but it just kind of made for a chaotic transition into our relationship. So then I moved out, I think, for my aunts again in because I knew that I really wanted to be with him. We were going to get married, but he didn't propose yet. I don't think. See, now I'm not going to be able to remember properly. He remembers everything properly. So, you know, against the their agenda, right? Their defined will. I moved out and I moved in with him again. And then I, I really was like, this is really what I want. Like, and then also I was like, but we do need to get married. Like, I'm not just going to like hang out and we're not going to have a future together. So that was my thing. And then he's like, of course, we're going to get married. So then we went and got married. But there was so much other fun drama <laughs> that ensued behind that with my family just being really uncomfortable with it still because I was so all over the place. They're like, I don't even know what she wants. Is he influencing her? I mean, no one ever thinks that they're influencing you because they always have their best interests in heart for you. So there was just a lot of like tension and disapproval and what is the right word when suspicion about is she with the right guy? Because I'm still healing from narcissistic abuse. I was all over the place with my boundaries, trusting too much, you know, isolating myself um, from other people. Well, I didn't really isolate as much because I was ready to go out and live. I had been isolated all by myself with my ex-narcissist for so long. I was like, I need friends. I need this. And I would make new friends, but I also didn't trust them. So I would make them and then they would fall off, right? I was still not good at holding on to relationships, but I wanted to socialize. I wanted to go out and all the stuff. So I guess that's part of my isolation is I wouldn't fully trust them and I wouldn't really like 
that that friendship just didn't hold for very long. But here's another thing about the hyper vigilance as I go back to point one. After we got married and we were really in a financial crunch, we had babies now, there's responsibilities, you know, he was really focused in on making money. He was here to provide for us, right? That is his biggest soul contract is providing for me. Uh, I've learned in my Akashic record, take care of me for forever. So I felt like I wasn't getting my Leo in Venus and Leo was not getting enough attention. I was isolated at home with the babies. I didn't get enough, you know, any date nights. We didn't get a lot of time alone. Of course, I fell asleep at night because I was so tired. So it's like, when is their time, right? That's the hardest time in a couple's relationship is when they have brand new babies. So I felt like now I was being hypervigilant. I think back, I was being way too hypervigilant at looking and finding and seeking out the red flags that he actually was a narcissist. And I was like, I was wrong while we were dating. Even though I did my homework and my due diligence, I feel like he's still so unloving, right? Like he, I'm, I'm stuck now in a relationship just like I was before. The tricky part was my viewpoint. Like I just said, my Venus in Leo. Yes, we know it was difficult. It was hard. And then I would, I would hold it in as kind of like that hermit. I wouldn't share it with him because I was afraid. I was conditioned from my ex that if you shared your real feelings, you would get lectured and you would get berated and belittled. And I didn't want to do that. I was afraid of his reaction. So I didn't share with him every day, like, I need you to come sit with me and spend time with me, you know, because he'd be tired, I'd be tired. And so when I had those really hard decisions, and I was like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. We need to separate. He was like, let's, let's try something. Let's find a tool. Let's do this. I said, well, why don't we go to therapy? He's like, let's go, you know? So we were going to an actual, actually at the time we we're going to a church and they found us a great boot camp for couples and we went to therapy and we were able to work it out. But if you're with a narcissist, this is where that hypervigilance comes in, where it's great to, to be, to test it, to, to do that. So if you're with a narcissist, again, let's say, they would not say yes, mostly to going to therapy, or they would say yes, but never follow through and go. The third option is, they do say yes, they go to therapy, and then they manipulate the therapist. So it's tricky. It really is tricky. And it's a very complicated abuse to survive from and then understand and navigate in relationships out of into another relationship. So I would not advise doing it the way I did, but I just thought it was so funny when we were talking yesterday about how all over the place I was. I was like, well, yeah, that's my open will center. Yeah, that's you know, my just being conditioned by a narcissist. I was so lost. I was so confused. And it really is a culture that the narcissist conditions you in that once you leave, you're not like, oof, it's done. I'm done. We're gone. Like, it's not that easy. It's not like you just left another country and now you're going to socialize over here. Like, it takes time. I mean, I guess actually that would be a, the opposite. It is like leaving another country and moving to a different culture with a different language, with all these different things that are different. Like, it is a culture. So it, it takes time and it takes you just refining yourself. That's why I love human design. It helps you find yourself. This is my soul blueprint. 
okay, I have an open will center. Now I know that I need to be vigilant in whose agenda I'm following versus how many red flags this person is and, and labeling them a narcissist. That's really where you need to focus your energy in on is your energy, what you feel you're amplifying from others, what you're being trained or conditioned by, you know, the outside sources into you. Open will center is the agenda. The open root center is the timing to prove yourself worthy, proving worthiness. The sacral center is that emotional solar plexus, you know, the emotional, sorry, the solar plexus, the emotional center where you are amplifying and feeling another person's emotions. The sacral center, if you have that open, it's the life force, it's the doing energy. Sometimes you feel like you're not enough if you have that open sacral and you have to do so much, you overdo it just to prove that you can do it just like everyone else. And then you have that spleen. The open spleen is the intuition, it's the survival, it's your immune system. Maybe you're really, really physically ill from being with a narcissist. This is something that can happen. Or you're just very sensitive to feeling unsafe. So you stay with a narcissist because it's comfort. It's what you know. It's safe. So all of these things really, I feel, factor in to how we act crazy after being a survivor of narcissistic but really what's important is to find a source for education and information to inform you on how you can now gain awareness, tune into yourself, heal, and move forward strong and confident, just as I have found my way to do so. Even after acting crazy all those years ago, I finally have found my path through human design. So if you'd like to get your free chart summary read by me, I will uh, fill out Click the link in the description and fill out that form. I'll send it to you within 24 hours. If you'd like a personalized reading right now through December 3rd, I'm offering a private readings for $50 only on my website. That link also is in the description. And to learn more about human design, click the video links down in the description below. Thanks so much for watching and hit like and subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed here to the channel and that you like it. Share it with a friend if you resonated. Of course, comment below your experience. Which points do you really resonate with? Were you hypervigilant? Were you isolating yourself? Were you all over the place with your boundaries? And or did you dive in too quick, too deep with another partner right away? These are all normal. There's no judgment here only community for you to continue to talk and gain support here together. I appreciate so much all of you being here and watching and commenting. Until next time, keep your unique light shining. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for joining us on this enlightened episode here, the Empath Rising podcast. It would mean the world to us and actually add to the success of this podcast if you shared it with a friend, share it on your socials, and tag me at Raven Scott Show. 
To continue your journey towards self-discovery and healing, don't forget to grab your free human design chart. It's personalized roadmap to understanding your unique energy blueprint at ravenscott.show. And for an even deeper insights into your empathic nature and relationships, be sure to listen to the Empath and the Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback. It is a profound exploration of my specific journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. And an exclusive offer here for you, just for you, you empathic community here in the podcast, you can now get your personalized human design chart reading for only $50. If you click the link in the show notes, head over to the episode page. It's an invaluable opportunity to gain clarity and guidance on your life path and areas that you can focus on to guard yourself up against the narcissist. And if you'd like to learn more about how to read your chart and the human design gate transits, I also have an invaluable offer to get immediate access to our exclusive podcast content for a limited time price at $19.99. This is your chance to take control of your healing process, to gain clarity, and to unleash your true potential. So simply click the link to the show notes and Simply click the link in the show notes to the episode page and you will find the link there to join the membership to gain exclusive human design content directly to your podcast feed wherever you're listening. You'll get an email. It'll send you that RSS feed that you can copy and paste and follow. It's so simple and you don't have to download any other apps. So join now and listen to the exclusive information and gain your roadmap on how to understand your human design chart, as well as starting to understand each of the human design gates as they transit. Remember, I'm here to support you. Your empathic ability is your uniqueness. So keep your empathic light shining brightly and let human design be your guiding star on your journey to healing and self-discovery. I'm here to support you at every step of the way. And on the episode page, you can participate in the poll question I've posted so we can create a community amongst ourselves on the website, as well as leave a reply of your thoughts and your questions regarding today's episode. So all of that is in the one link in the show notes. Head on over to the episode page. Until next time, keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this, why do I regret this? In my mind reckless, thoughts are feeling endless Sitting up I'm breathless, anxiety's infectious I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed I hate being open, I hate being broken I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion Anger ain't a potion, rub it on like lotion I can feel it soaking, reopen, the scars have awoken I can't move on till I let go I feel so lost now Never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go, I can't move on till I let go, I feel so lost, never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go.